Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. It's still Vogue to share the podcast, so go ahead and do that. It's been a while, buddy. Welcome back to the Downstairs Athletic Club. Yeah, thanks. It's been since uh, the post championship game i think that we recorded yeah so a little over two weeks i think it's like closer to three three yeah two and a half yeah two and a half i mean it's it's the season's over it's the off season man (laughs) like we got we took a little break everybody that was really our first breather in a long long time because we never really knew if we were going and not going and then we went and you know it was just kind of a sprint all of a sudden i mean i think we we're pretty much solid starting in like august right yeah i would say so yeah yeah then we got a special guest. Doug the Carthaginian is here. Say hi, Doug. Hello. There we go. Go big. Don't don't worry, Desmond Howard. We're not coming for you on this pod. So no more no more stories about you getting your your dick knocked in the dirt. We don't normally have a in studio audience, but this is nice. <laughs> we do not. We could use a little bit extra energy and juice in the room. So it's good that he's here. If you hear some laughing. In the background, if we actually say something funny, it'll be it'll be nice. The cost of the tickets were the right price. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. Um, all right, so what are we doing? Uh, we have teased the recruiting episode, uh, which is Kurt's recruiting episode. We're gonna we're gonna give it a little time, right? Kurt's uh, he's slacking. He's procrastinating yep. is what it comes down to. I'll just be honest. Other things are going on. But I think I'm going to mix it up this year. I'm going to do something a little bit different because, well, first of all, recruiting is kind of a, a long process. It's not that, you know, big bang one day thing anymore. Nope. So it's not quite as exciting. And it's not a big surprise who signed who at this point. So I think I'm going to do more of a review of like the, the previous, I don't know, five years. So I'm wow. going to take a, a time period and just look at each team's projection over that that time period, okay. I think, is what I'm going for. That, that'll be fantastic. I, I think, think so. people, I mean, obviously people really get uh, a rise out of recruiting. Maybe, I would say almost definitely more than I do on average as far as college football fans. So we'll let you take your time. Um, so in between now and when you do your recruiting pod, we are going to do team grades. It's kind of a team review Team yeah, just to look back at the season, yep. a grade for the season, some things that stuck out during the season, go through each game one by one, yep. and just kind of recap each team season. I think that'll be pretty fun. Uh, before we get to that and we give the outline, um, this is typically the time of the podcast where we do the housekeeping items. It's been, it's been too long to be able to keep track of all of the... TP, aka transfer portal entries, it'd be it'd be basically yeah, th- a, a second job on its own. Coaching changes. I mean, we could go for hours on that. So we're just gonna leave that stuff for right now. But we do have one little item I did want to talk about here. This is from Big Red today, Sam McEwen, who does a great job there. This is uh, interviewing Bill Moose, athletic director at Nebraska, who says that within the next week. This was this was um, an interview from yesterday, February third, Wednesday. Says. In about a week, within the next week's time, they will decide on whether the game will be played against Illinois in Ireland this year on August 28th or not. So we'll find out very shortly if that's going to get moved. And it sounds like it would. It is a home game for Illinois, so it would get moved to Champaign. And it, Bill Moose says it would remain on August 28th. So okay. it still would be a week, week zero, zero game. game. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, 
the chances of that game being played in Ireland, if this was Vegas, I'd put it at about plus 950 right yeah, now. Yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just not happening. Yeah. There's no way. So that's going to be what it is. And hey, even when it's in the offseason, why would we ever go two, three weeks without Bill Moose being at ends with the Big Ten Conference? That's true. So at least some things are remaining constant. Correct. Uh, speaking of the TP, I don't know if this uh, joke will hit for most of the audience, but I'm going to try it anyway. So we've been calling the transfer portal the TP. Yeah, we don't use the term transfer portal Correct. anymore. It's dead to us. Uh, did you ever watch Silicon Valley? The, the TV Never show? saw it once. Yeah. Doug the Carthagin? No. It's good. I, th- I think, bo- honestly, both of you would like it. I've heard Especially good things. You. I've Especially heard re- you. Yeah. Bicker, you would like it even more. It's got business acumen. It's it's nerds trying to do business okay. when they get thrust into it, so that's the comedy. It was really good until about the last season. Uh, but I keep thinking of the Transfer Portal, and one of the characters in the show, Gilfoyle, he's hilarious. You'd recognize him from other stuff, but he always used to tell one of the other guys to chortle his balls. Okay. Like, in the... <laughs> In the in the show, okay. So I'm also thinking about calling it the transfer chortle. Oh, because that's not bad. It, it's it's along the same lines. It's it's the bad. chortle, the chortle. But what can we we gotta we, so gotta we can either call it the TP or the chortle. We can just keep going with nicknames. I like just the chortle. Yeah, you yeah. Like okay. Yeah, but you gotta have the background of why we would call it the chortle. Okay, well so. I have to I'll have to find one episode where he uses it. Do that. Maybe um, we could do a drop on the show. We could. We could. Um and, you know, we don't have to go deep into it, but there are certainly teams in the Big Ten that are having more issues with the chortle than others. But I think it's fair to say this thing has taken a life of its own yeah. that the, you know, deep thinkers, best intention people that just say, hey, let's just why wouldn't we open this up? What what possibly could bad could These happen? Poor athletes are just being abused. So maybe I don't know. A little bit of a conspiracy theorist, you know me. But maybe 18, 19, and 20-year-olds shouldn't have complete control over yeah. all the decisions. There's going to be but... there's gonna be a number of kids that are going to find that there's nowhere to go. Yeah. And they're going to have to transfer down, maybe way down to like FCS even. Or even transfer to just being a regular student and yeah, then transfer too. into just being a regular human. Correct. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Because it's nice as an athlete to have a finality. Of your career. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, you see, I think the deeper you're going to your career, the harder it is. I can still remember the last time I took off my football pads at Iowa, but you knew it was over. And yeah. I think there's something cathartic about that. Sure. An actual demarcation line. This is yes. it. Like, yeah. it's like feel the dreams when you step over that line, right? <laughs> That's good. Nice. All right. So we are going to go into a three-team pod of reviews. Um, you know what? I'll just throw three teams out. Let's go... Illinois? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Iowa. Iowa's good. Yep. And Michigan State. Let's do (laughs) One of those is not like the others. Basically, what we're getting to is two of these teams, we could essentially, you could wake us up in the middle of the night and we could probably have done this pod. So those are the two teams we started with. It's not so much favoritism as it is laziness. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. And let's get Illinois out of the way. (laughs) Let's start with them. Just kidding. And then, uh, then we wanted to pick a team from the East. So we're gonna give a shout out to our boy Dougie, and we're gonna go. We're gonna go Michigan State. So, yeah. um, first thing I'm gonna do is preface this by saying, I'm giving no Fs for the any any team because any program, player, coaches, whatever that work their butts off to fight against the outside you know forces that were wrapped sure. around Rona, 
because of that, you do not deserve an F. I'm not that, giving Fs either. Yeah, no Fs. I would even say low D grades are going to be tough to come by for me. I would have been an awesome grader, I think, if I was Well, let, let's just see. Let's let's try it with Illinois. Let's see what happens. <laughs> okay. Um, and as far as the outline, so here's what we're going to do for each team. We are literally going to go essentially game by game with the schedule to give you a recap because, you know, each season for your team, other teams, whatever, it, it's a, it's it's like a book, right? Every every week is a chapter of a mm-hmm. book. When it gets done, you forget that how you felt different between week two and week three and week five and week sure. six. So we're going to kind of go through that. Then we're going to give you the biggest moment of the year, the offensive MVP, the defensive MVP. Then we're going to give you the special MVP. No, that doesn't necessarily mean a special team player. It could be a special team player. It could be kind of anybody that we just feel like deserves an extra shout out. Could just be a special player. Could just be, or could be a special dude. There could be coaches. It could be anybody. Anybody. Anybody surrounding the program. Correct. And then we're going to give you a final team grade on how we felt you did on the season. So, partly because alphabetically, partly because Big Kurt just wants (laughs) to get it over. We will start first with the Illinois. Fighting Illini. All right. So Illinois finished uh, where they finished six or two and six on the year. Okay. So how do we start out? They start out by getting blasted by Wisconsin first game of the year. And honestly, the story more was holy bleep. Wisconsin is fantastic in this game. As the season played out, I believe Illinois pass defense might have played into Graham Mertz looking like Tom terrific in that yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, Graham Mertz looked like a pretty pedestrian quarterback for most of the year outside of that game. So it's fair to say. For me, this game was absolutely unforgivable. Yeah. No matter and you know, Wisconsin was not as good as they've been in the past this year. It, there was no excuse for what happened. I agree. Game. So I feel like you're way too hard on Illinois in general. Sure. In this case, I knew you were gonna say that, and I prepared myself to agree with you because that is the case. This there's no excuse to be to get beat 45 to 7. And remember, the 7 was a defensive touchdown. Correct. It was it was a poor performance. Next week up, they lose 31 to 24 to Purdue. Should not have lost that game. And I know Purdue fans hearing that would probably roll their eyes and grumble, but I guess I'll say this. At the very least, Illinois shouldn't have looked as bad as they did in that game. Well, they didn't look good, but recall they ended the game on Purdue's 10-yard line, and they lost by a single score, and that was with their fourth-string quarterback playing all but the first series. Right. So, that's, I, I mean, that's Now, we that's started to get one, into the quarterback situations here. That's the one game that I kind of give them a pass on. Okay, is Purdue. I mean, I really feel like if Brandon Peters was a quarterback that game, they probably would have won that game. And I think that's going to be a recurring theme as we kind of work through this. Next week, ugh, not good. 41 to 14 loss to a Minnesota team that had not looked good at that point. No, had looked terrible at that point, and they only scored 14 points on what had been up to that point maybe the worst defense in the country. Right. And, yes, it was your fourth-string quarterback, but I don't care what string quarterback it was. You can't lose that badly and only put 14 points up against that defense. that's fair. I Again, I think we've probably fought it out a little bit on the podcast before. It does make. It, it does matter if you've dropped from your starting quarterback yeah, all the way down does. to your fourth. There, there's a big difference there. So I do give, you know, uh, a little bit of leeway there. But at 0-3 at this point, 
Illinois fans are up in arms. It's season's basically over at this point. Uh, the talk at that time was, do we keep lovey or not? It's, you know, at this time, if you can remember, nobody was, no coaches were going to get fired no. nationwide. Remember right. that? And, do, you, do you remember that? I, I do remember that. Everybody in the media was saying no coaches are going to correct. Go. They're not going to do that. It's a pandemic. No well, and so that. that was the narrative. So as an Illini fan, we're thinking, Oh my gosh, we, do we, have, again? we have to go through this again next year. Yep. Oh, mercy. Then to compound things, they go out and they beat Rutgers and they actually look pretty good. And, and there yeah. was, there was highlights of this game. And they, they got to use their second string quarterback in that game, which was Isaiah Williams, Williams. 2.0. He provided a lot of electricity in that game. And then, boom, the explosion, 41-23 to at Nebraska. At this point, you know, at the end of this game, most Illinois fans, I don't know, I speak for you, but then all of a sudden we thought maybe there was a corner that sure. got turned all a little of a bit. Brandon he, Peters looked fantastic he in looked, that game. He looked great in that game. They ran the ball like crazy in that game. Uh, uh, b- both um, Chase Brown and Mike Epstein had really good games. So now you're look- looking at the record as two and three, but we kind of, you know, I gave you the pass with Purdue. So maybe this, maybe we're kind of turning this around maybe here. We're, yeah, we're getting healthier here. Yeah. Let's go even deeper in the next game versus Iowa. The Ohio State game, I should mention, gets called off, not because of Illinois, but because of, of Ohio State. Then we go into Iowa and... It, the same thing that we just talked about the last two weeks played into the first quarter and a half yeah. in that game. Absolutely, hands down, Illinois was the better football team yeah. in the first quarter and a half. Yes. And so and, now I'm thinking, it, okay, well, maybe it'd be okay to keep Lovey. I mean, if things would have played out like most times they do when you're up, was it? It was just 14 14, 14. 14. I think it was just 14. 14. It felt like more than that it did. in the yeah. game. You, you think you're going to wind up 3-3 three and three at that time, and you got winnable games after that. Sure. Things are looking up in Champaign, and then the second half, and really the second, the second half, half of, of the, the second yes, quarter happened. And the second so half. I think it was 14-13 Illinois at halftime, and then yes. just, you know. And it was actually. It was actually close deep into the it game. Was it was actually close yeah. deep in that yeah. game. But at one point, it was 35-14 to 14, Iowa. Right. Illinois scored a late meaningless yes. touchdown. Lose the game. Hey, coming into next week with Northwestern, can we make this a game? We cannot. It's 28 to 10. And then at the end of the year, Penn State, Penn State's playing better. Illinois has, I don't know how else to say it. They've pretty much given up on the football season. Well, we had a walk-on safety starting at linebacker that game. So, uh, yeah, we had given up. (laughs) So that's it. uh, Illinois starts with three wins, loses or wins two in the middle, and then loses three at the end of the year. So the biggest moment to me, I mean, I, I feel like this is pretty easy and straightforward. The splash win versus Nebraska highlight of the year for the Atlanta. That's the obvious one, but I'm going to go with Ohio state dodging Illinois to preserve their national championship hopes. (laughs) Key, key part. I mean, the whole, really the whole structure of the 2020 season, pretty much was on that. With it, I was con, I was considering going with Lovey getting fired, but I'm going with OSU. I, I had Lovey getting fired there, but okay, that's fantastic. Um, all right, offensive MVP, who you got? I have to go deep cut here because he was just the best player, not just on the offense, probably the whole team. Kendrick Green, left guard. Okay. Oh, you went you went O line. I had to do it. Okay. He was the best player in the team, and he'll be. Is, is he he's, coming back? No, he's he's in the draft. He'll get okay. drafted. He'll get drafted. Yeah. Just. Shoot from the hip. Where do you think he'll get drafted? Three to five. Yeah? Somewhere. Yeah. All right. 
Um, I went with quarterback Brandon Peters. Did the stats jump off the, the, the page at you? No, but there was an obvious step back at the quarterback position yeah. when Peters wasn't in there. Sure. If I just did one little magical one, boop, and Brandon Peters was healthy the entire season, I don't exactly know what this would look like, but I bet Illinois would have finished with more than two wins. Uh, and yeah. maybe Lovey would still be the coach, so maybe. Yeah, it's, I still think it would have just been three wins. Yeah, I'd go with so three not, wins. Not much better. No. Okay, but maybe a little bit closer. It may, maybe would have looked a little prettier. Okay, uh, defensive MVP. So I'm kind of going maybe, you know, um, whole whole career okay. like you know body of work. Uh, Jake Hansen, okay, linebacker. That's, I mean, he, you know, the funny thing is, I have Jake Hansen too. I thought you were gonna jump down my throat for that. Oh no! I mean, okay. he was the best defender. I mean, you can't pick a defensive back because they were atrocious this year. Defensive line actually was okay, but I, Jake Hansen to me stood out. I mean, was he ever going to be the guy that you were the sole? He was the sole reason that you won the game. No, but th- the dude played consistent. You know, well, yeah, Not just this year, but most of his career. I mean, sixty-eight tackles, ten for a loss, two and a half sacks, two interceptions, two forced fumbles. It's just what he does. Yep, he makes plays. He's a consistent dude. He is a football player that's what jake hansen is right okay special mvp this is gonna be maybe a weird choice here okay but i'm going with juice point yeah yeah just because okay. even when peters wasn't playing even when you didn't think you had a chance it was just kind of fun yeah th- okay i can understand you're i mean you're you're looking at this solely from a fan's point of view which yeah I it was just fun yeah. like i i knew we probably had a better shot winning the game when peters was in there but i had more fun watching i understand Williams. Yeah, like, and then he set the single game rushing record for quarterback. Yeah, that was in, in his first start ever at Rutgers, right? At Rutgers, yeah. it was amazing. No, I, I, I mean, I'm I went with who I had to go with, but from your point of view, that's a fantastic answer. So for my special MVP, I'm I, and I do this a lot. Uh, you'll you'll find in in this pod, but I want to give a special shout out just because I haven't had a chance to yet to Josh Matter Bebe. Yeah, our one of our most favorite guys of. Ever since we've been recording the podcast, absolutely of just being a dude, uh, also being a pretty darn good football player, he came up with some big catches this year. Yeah, I mean, he had another good year, solid year. I mean, he wasn't you know eye popping stats, but love the guy yep. on and off the field. Just yep. a intelligent dude, cool the, guy. The highlight of his career, my guess, will not happen on a football field. I believe of his. He, oh no, of his entire life, life. absolutely not. Yes. That, that guy's going to be a CEO. He's going to be something. I was going to say he should get into politics, but he seems smarter than that. Yeah, I, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> uh, but I had to go with punter Blake Hayes, not just because of the magical foot that he has, but because of the yes. juke seeing ghost play against Nebraska running for a first down. It will go down. And we just watched of, it the other day. We just watched it the other day together, and it was like – we knew it was coming, but then all of a sudden the play happened and we both died laughing because it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And also he took it really well. He like did. he just Because that's kinda, what Aussies do. He just kinda laughed it off and he said that he saw a ghost, but it's he, he had like three chances to get a first down. He could have just ran right he could have walked yeah. for a first down. It would have stopped. It would have been the one of the bigger rushing plays of the year for Illinois if he just wanted to run a straight yes, line. I know. And then he changes fields. Starts again, then stops, and he would could have walked to a first down that time too. Uh, and then he actually kind of had to giddy up a little bit yep. on the third attempt. But that was I know we, I know we make or maybe it's me uh, video game references too much. Oh, that should have been a uh, that should have been a uh, um, housekeeping item. NCAA football. 
Oh, sure. Yeah, that's a good point. You know I, why it's not? Because I don't play video games. No, I know. Um, yeah, there, there's a certain person in the Twitter sphere that is interested in coming on the podcast to talk about the NCAA football. Oh, okay. Game, but I, I can't. I can't officially announce it. But hmm. there's a teaser. I think that's officially. That's a teaser. I think right? that's what that's called. But anyway, speaking of Blake Hayes, look like somebody that was playing at like the rookie level or freshman level. If it's the NCAA, so it'd be game. me. Playing the game. You, okay. And you hand the remote off to somebody. You're like, okay, run for it here. And then somebody just hits buttons and you're hitting L1, R1, and you're juking. And you're like, dude, you don't need to juke. Just just go forward. That, that was Blake Hayes. God, that was funny. Beautiful okay. play. Beautiful play. All right. Uh, who Do you want to have the final say on the final? Should I go first and you have you the go final first. say? Yeah. Since, okay. Okay. I went with a C minus because I, they did not deserve a D to me because. They could have folded after being 0-3. They got two wins in the middle of the year. The other side of it is it's a grading on the curve thing simply because there was so much crap going on with the starting quarterback position, and I think it made it harder for him. So I think C-minus is pretty good grade for the lineup. That's a fair grade. Okay. I'm going to give him an unfair grade. I went with D-plus. D-plus. Okay. Um, you know, Lovey really talked. It's only one line down, but a a C minus sure seems a lot better than a D plus. Yeah, it's like paying forty nine ninety nine or fifty one dollars <laughs> yeah. for something. Yeah, you know. Okay. So a little bit of a difference there, but you know, Lovey really talked up how great this season was going to be. His best team, blah blah blah, one of the oldest teams in the country, and then they just, you know, lay that egg against Wisconsin to start. And yeah, sure, they they bounced back a little here and there, but it really was the the start of the season. I think. It funked the whole thing up. It really it did. A, it just funkified the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, if you if you just taken that game away, yeah, maybe it wouldn't have been so bad. Even if you could have somehow started with the Purdue game, you know, even though that was a disappointing sure. game, but you still walk away from that game thinking we could have won, but just getting blasted like that, it's just never good. I tell you, that Purdue game, that was a tough one to watch from yeah. both sides. Just, yeah, I a, just like a I remember difficult. You being more upset. After the Purdue game, than any well, because Purdue year. looked atrocious. Yeah, they didn't look good. Then. And Illinois somehow looked worse. Yeah, yeah, they outworsed them. And I remember people thinking at that point that Purdue was a good team, and I'm like, oh no, no, I no. I was one of them. I was, I was. They are not. With that. No. Yeah. All right, that is going to move us on to the next team. Continuing on with the uh, alphabetical theme, the Iowa Hawkeyes. So we will get right into the regular season. Speaking of Purdue, that was almost like a, a segue there. Iowa loses 24-20 to 20 in this game. Um, now, at this point, we don't know anything about either team. No, no. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe Purdue's pretty good, or maybe Iowa's not that good. Right, yeah. Um, I would say Iowa was a pretty consistent pick to be right around second in the division yeah. by most prognosticators. Uh, we were low on Purdue and high on Iowa. I think yeah. that's fair to say. Yes. So in this game, Iowa had, I'm going to say roughly six or seven chances to put the game away. Oh, boy. Uh, there was a time where they definitely could have had a chance to put the game away with a running back on the football team that was carrying the ball down the field, and he fumbled. Um, that was tough. Um and there was a questionable call, I remember, at the end of the game. A questionable yes. call. Yeah, that was a questionable call. Um, but just two really poorly timed turnovers. A um, lot of excitement going into the year with quarterback Spencer Petras. 
He, he did not look great. He petered in this out in that game. game. <laughs> so basically, Iowa comes away, and you know you can't get into this without bringing in the offseason strife. And uh, yeah. what I had heard a ton of times from you know the written word or different podcasts was Iowa better get off to a good start, mm-hmm. otherwise you could see the sure. train going off the rails for the rest of the year. I mean, I literally heard that I don't know a dozen different times from a dozen different people. And this is how the season started. Not the way the Hawkeyes wanted to start the year. No, not the way they wanted to start the year. And I was, I was thinking also, well, maybe this is finally the year that Iowa, you know, they've been really consistent since what? 2014 about is that 15, but yeah, 14, well, 15, they were undefeated, right? 14, they were bull team, but yeah, I hear you. Okay. So I thought, okay, maybe this is finally right. the year they lose enough guys they 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 AJ they're not filling gone. guys Their back D-line in is, fast yep, enough. Yep. Maybe they're finally taking a step back. And, and another reason to make you think that way: next week, lose twenty-one to twenty versus Northwestern. I don't know. You tell me what. So I'm looking at Doug the Carthaginian here. So Iowa was up seventeen to nothing. Was it seventeen? I remember 17 fourteen. Nothing, okay, seventeen. Almost positive in this game. I know it was two quick touchdowns. I mean, faster than Fitzy could give out his email address. Hashtag I don't care. Right. It was boom fourteen nothing. Northwest and three pointer and a kick. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, then I would you know uh, the Fitzy magic got turned on even harder than what it typically does clamp down boy nothing Iowa could do so they start out 0-2 no wrong answer here but of those two losses which one stung more to you oh the I think I think so for me too yeah okay just because you were after and and I don't mean as the season went on I mean at the time no I think at the time because we really didn't know anything about either team the first game then you have Northwestern who we both thought was not going to be a very good team this year we kind of figured an extension of the previous year and then you get get up 17 nothing and suddenly you are helpless against the Fitz magic yeah I mean from the from the point they started scoring (laughs) I, I just like, uh, oh, this is not good. This is not good. All right. I Both your answers are correct. To this day, the Purdue loss bothers me more. Okay. Because looking looking Purdue, back, yeah. Okay. Even at the time, it did for me okay. as well. Because, first of all, I've got experience losing to Northwestern like that. I mean, something that, you know, looks like that. And I'm not saying we haven't lost to Brahms Purdue because we have. But, like, we really gave that game away. They did. Whereas Northwestern deserved to win the game yeah. as the game went sure. on. I never felt that way with Purdue. Anyways, long story short, that is two excruciating losses to start the year for Absolutely. Iowa. And they could have just crumbled at that point. Gut-wrenching losses. A, a re- reasonably young team. Reasonably young. I mean, yeah. especially when you start a first-year quarterback. And and the offseason strife. So at this point, I remember thinking it was like Wednesday of that week going into the next game. And I remember thinking, if we lose this game, you know, my life kind of has no meaning for a while here. Like, it's just it, well, it's not going to work out. There's no way this is going to work and out. And with the offseason stuff, if you if you start on right. a tumble and just have an atrocious oh year, my God. I mean, go. does Ferentz go? go? Does Fer- that's I mean, exactly what I, I was getting there, to. There was Ferentz is on his way out. It's it's pretty obvious to he people. He looked older. He did. For the first time in 10 years. Yeah. He looked like he aged in two weeks. He did. 
all that stuff was playing and it was hard not to listen to it as an Iowa fan. Well, what makes you feel better? How about a 49 to seven drubbing of Michigan state? And that helps this was a Michigan state coming off a big win versus Michigan. Right, they just beat Michigan week before. Correct. I mean, they looked, they, they turned the ball over 84 times week one, right? Beat Michigan. They looked like a pretty dangerous team. They looked like they a did. team that could have been two and zero if they didn't turn the ball over yep. so much. No way in heck was I expecting a 49 to seven win. Okay. So season saved at that point, Minnesota 35 to seven up in the twin cities. Okay. Now we got a pig. We got a two and two team. You know, of all these games. Yep. There was, and there was, that's a great good point. The one I remember, the one I remember the least of was the Minnesota game. (laughs) I wonder why we're actually going to touch on that a little, a little bit later. So now I was sitting at two and two. Then they go to Penn State and they beat the Nittany Lions. And I admit Penn State definitely struggling at that point. Anytime you go into Happy Valley, even, you know, fanless, it's a great way to win. Davion Nixon, Eurostep touchdown to seal the win. And I know we had a lot of change in the schedule, but I just remember looking at that in the offseason and then just chalking that up as a loss. Okay. Right. And I don't blame you for I, doing I, that. Because I assumed at the time, too, whiteout. Right. But that obviously didn't happen. But yeah, so huge game there. Just like that. Just like that. I was three and two. And they are and, feeling better about things. And, and kicking and, themselves in the pants at the same time for correct. that Purdue game. I think this is about the time where Iowa fans, and I'm sure obviously the players and coaches are thinking the same thing. Then in come the Nebraska Cornhuskers, rival, if you will. Not very well liked fan bases towards each other. And the Hawks beat them again. And when Nebraska plays their best game of the year, as they always do, and and Iowa still won that game. That wasn't that wasn't me who said it, Nebraska fans. That was Big Kurt who said it. Even with Nebraska playing their best game of the year, Iowa still wins twenty six to twenty, and that was a battle. They Iowa had to come back always in is. the second half, yeah. but they did enough to win the game. And just like that, the Hawks are four and two. The aforementioned Illinois game slow start, but they storm back to win that game thirty five to twenty one, and then. End of the year, as it turns out, the best time to have played Wisconsin of any time in the past, I don't know how many years, typically the timing (laughs) plays out for Wisconsin. I know I'm looking at this from an Iowa point of view, but... Take the Iowa team as a thing of timing. Yeah. Iowa plays Purdue later in the year. Oh, sure. some sideways. I think so. Iowa plays Wisconsin early in the year. Maybe not. Maybe not. Iowa caught in Michigan State on a... Huge high, yeah. caught him flat after that Michigan win. Caught him there. Nebraska was the only even game where you could say, hey, both teams came in. Iowa was a season of timing, and we were on the right side of most, most of, of the time. Most, most of the time. Yeah. I tell you, that is a fantastic point. Another point to bring out is that maybe Iowa was just quite a bit like Iowa typically is most years. Get better throughout the year. And because they did not have that tune-up game versus yeah, directional you. Sure. If they would have had that. Because, you know, they usually don't look great in those games. No. I mean, even when they beat, you know, Northern Direct. Illinois 19 yep. to nothing, it's like, eh, Right. Eh. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. It's usually 28 to 13. You're yeah. Like, eh, I thought they would. Yep. Also, but they win. They put a lot of pressure on Petrus the first three couple of games. And then all of a sudden, what do we figure out? Oh, man, we got to run the ball. Correct. And then Petrus is all of a sudden, like, settling in. And that changed the whole idea. In a couple of first couple of games, you would have worked that out. Sure. That's true. And with to to add to that, the last two games of the year, Illinois and Wisconsin, 
Patriots threw five touchdowns to zero picks. I mean, he still wasn't consistent, but he played his best football Which at is, the end of the year. Isn't saying much for the Illinois game, but the Wisconsin game with that great it, defense. I think it is. Yeah. And by the, I mean, I don't care what the circumstances are. When Iowa beats Wisconsin, it feels good. Uh, then we were supposed to play in the Champions Week. Michigan, of course, Michigan was on there. We just don't feel like playing kick at that point so the game isn't played then a bowl game gets this, scheduled this game of football is difficult yes we're gonna sit this one out we're gonna sit this one out uh and then uh iowa gets themselves back up the staff and players pull themselves back together i w- i had just gotten excited and my hopes up that the uh music city bowl was going to happen versus missouri and then Missouri pulls the rug out from underneath Iowa. I think kind of on the same. Eh, it might have been a little thing, bit. Yeah. So with that being said, Iowa finishes 6-2. and two. In the end, I think Iowa fans, players, coaches, pretty happy that you wind up at six wins, especially starting at 0-2. Oh, my gosh, how different the narratives would have been if things would have continued down that path. Okay, biggest moment of the year. Kurt, you start out. Okay, if it had been a wide out and they had won at Penn State, I probably would have gone Penn State. But I think you have to go Wisconsin here because they got that monkey off their back. How many? What, five losses in a row, was Four. it? Four losses in a row. Um, something I challenged them to do at the beginning of the year. They got it right. done. Um, yeah, definitely the Wisconsin game. Personally, my highlight of the year, Iowa-Minnesota game. The uh, I guess from a personal secret, perspective also. Okay. Secret friend of mine got his tickets. We got to go to the game at the bank. God, that was fun. Um, it was I mean, it was the best day of 2020 for yeah, me. Yeah, it's definitely high up there. It's a low me. bar, granted, <laughs> <Right>. but <laughs> but we had a blast. We had a blast that day. But yes, I agree with you. Biggest moment of the year: beating Wisconsin. Not only because you're beating Wisconsin, because you capped off a six-game winning streak sure. in beating Wisconsin. It was huge. Offensive MVP. I went with Tyler Goodson. Yep. I don't so, think you can do anything else. 762 yards rushing, 152 yards receiving, seven touchdowns on the ground. Pretty solid year for only playing eight games. Yep. Um, I want to give a quick little shout-out to running back Makai Sargent, okay? Yeah, he, um, I, I looked at him. And that, I another thing, him. too, is is he had, a, he had a really tough start to the year. Yeah. And he could have folded it. He came up with – He could have chortled. He, he could have chortled. He could have chortled. He came up with – Big plays. He was he was a big part of that rushing attack that mm-hmm. looked better this year. An, an Iowa rushing attack, as it stands now, has to be a two headed monster in order to be a good rushing attack. We had that this year because of my Makai Sargent. Also, I talked to his dad at the aforementioned Minnesota game, and he was a good dude. So I just wanted to at least. And hopefully, him. he you know just doesn't even remember it at all because <laughs> I probably know, did not don't. make a great impression. But but speaking of my McKay Sargent, I I don't have his stats here, but I think he also scored seven touchdowns. He did. Didn't he? he scored seven touchdowns. I mean, that's as well. a damn good season. It's a good year in an eight game yeah. season. But I also went with running back Tyler Goodson, nine hundred fourteen yards and seven touchdowns. He. So he roughly averaged 100 yards and a touchdown a game. I think that's pretty good. Defensive MVP, I mean, this is pretty obvious, right? Damian Nixon. I tried to come up with somebody. It just couldn't. It's Davian It's Davian Nixon. Nixon. Um, not going to talk a lot of, here. We talked a ton on Davian Nixon on the last podcast. Not only was the MVP of Iowa, he was the MVP of for defensively the entire Big Ten. He was, he so was just a force this from year. From the interior, five and a half sacks, which I think was second in the Big Ten. Tied. I, 
Was it tie, tied for second? Tied, or was he tied? No, because I think the leader had six. Okay. So right. so damn close, though. But 13 and a half tackles for loss, too. And 45 tackles alone yeah. is pretty good in, in eight games for an interior player. I'm telling you, I think that guy can play three different positions on the defensive line in the NFL. See how that goes. Special MVP, what do you get? Obviously, it's Torrey Taylor, right? Okay. But I'm going to go a little bit deeper cut. I'm going Charlie Jones. Okay. Did you know that he returned 22 punts? On the year? Yeah. Do He's you know, fearless. Fearless. Do you know how many Illinois as a team returned? <gasps> Eight. Four. What? Four. Shut the front door. Four. <laughs> That's Char- crazy. Charlie Jones returned 20. 20- Charlie. I don't care if he returned them for zero yards. <laughs> but here, what did he do? What, did he, what was his total yards? Like, uh, I can't. Oh, actually, dang it. I, I didn't get it. Okay. But I, I think it was, it was like, no, it was like 200. It was about yeah. 10 per return. Yeah. It's like 220 That's some yards. That's a good yards. answer. Yeah. I'm going Charlie Jones, man. Charlie Jones is a great answer. You brought up our punter who, you know, we wax poetic about. I'm even going to come up with a different special teams. But, you know, it's almost like we have a pretty good special teams coach at Iowa. So shout out to LeVar Woods because, I, I mean, the fact that we could literally – pick three different people sure yeah to, to choose from and that's with having your all-american returner having a down year in amir smith marset he kind of did right yeah oh, didn't well, have he, a whole lot of big plays he did yeah i went with kicker keith duncan listen okay it, well, he, neither he of us had, went with tory taylor no he tory taylor's got time he's got time that's he, true we're not gonna stop talking about tory taylor you don't give podcast. the heisman to a freshman <laughs> you know I want to give a shout out to Keith Duncan. Um, his dad's a good di- guy on Twitter. Keith Duncan's hilarious on Twitter. And this is a Lifetime Achievement Award. We also talked to Keith Duncan's dad. We did. And yeah. found $100 each. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, that's a different story. But uh, anyways, yeah. Shout out to Keith Duncan. He is going to – I mean, the guy started out his career by kicking Michigan – Beat Michigan, remember? Michigan was top five team. That was Keith Okay, Duncan. okay. If it seemed like it was forever ago, it's because it was. Yeah. And then he took a year. He sat on the bench for a year. He, he did? essentially got beat out. Did no kidding. Not, did not chortle. Stayed with the team. Beat Nebraska at a last second kick. The kicking performance he put on versus Iowa State last year. One of the great, I think it's the greatest kicking performance history of Iowa. I don't know. So anyways, we have got to give a shout out to Keith Duncan. Be the last time I get a chance to say it. Team great. What do you got? I can't go with an A because that start, uh, you know, it's like Iowa, th- they keep almost getting there, right? So you can't go away. I'm going to go B. They finally beat Wisconsin. But man, if you just beat Purdue, you win the West. Yeah. Well, they would have had to beat. That's not true. They would have beat Northwestern. No, because Northwestern was. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, I'm sorry. They, yeah, would, they, they would were not. Tied good with point. Or what I, yeah. So would have had to. You know, obviously Nevertheless. Both game, but beat Northwestern. But yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with a B. Now, I, I do think that potentially at the end of the year, they might have been the second best team in the Big Ten. Yeah, I still have to give the nod to Northwestern on that. I probably would, too. But They beat Iowa head-to-head. They looked really good in their bowl. That's a good Northwestern yeah. was the second. I mean, they challenged the hell out of Ohio State. I mean, we'll break down Northwestern right. at some point. But you know what? But Iowa, Iowa was, a quick, I was a close third, I think. I think Iowa would have given Ohio State a run for their money. Yeah, okay. Maybe. All right. That's fair. Um, I want the B plus. I think I'm just a little okay. bit better or, or easier, greater than you. I think if all things were equal, except the off season wasn't so tumultuous, I also would have went with a B, but the sheer chutzpah, chutzpah, how you say that? Chutzpah. 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 to be able to pull yourself up 
with your own bootstraps after starting zero and two to finish six and two. That's pretty good. It was not impressive. quite to A level, no. but a solid B plus for me. Right. Nope. Who would have wanted to face Iowa at the end of the year? Like you're talking Big Ten or? Would you, you want to play Iowa at the end of the year? Michigan sure is important. No. Uh, Missouri was like waving the white flag before that yeah. game even got announced. That was a Iowa was a tough team. Special yeah. teams, offense, defense, all around balance on offense, throwing, running, everything. That was a balanced, tough team the last month of the season. Yep. Just huge to merit. I would, I would give them game. extremely high grades, special teams, running the ball, all sorts of defense. The only thing that they were they were average to blow was, was the throwing game. That was it. Oh, yeah, other, other, like, and, and of course that was why they didn't why they didn't wind up playing Ohio. It's State. like they missed the midterm by losing to Purdue. Yeah. But somehow it ended up with a B. Yeah. All right. That brings us to our last team. We're gonna switch over to the east here and go with the Michigan State Spartans. All right, so to start the year off, they lose to Rutgers. 38 to 27. Now, we got to take ourselves back, right? Okay, back in time. Yep. Everybody assumed, even though Graciano was going to do good things, it wasn't going to be this year. That, you know, we still thought Rutgers was going to win. We thought, like, we both predicted one game. One win. I think. Right. But we also predicted them looking better. much better than they had. Right. So we didn't know at the time that they were chopping from week one. Yeah. Because they were chopping from week one. They sure were. So Michigan State loses that game, and, and then, they turn the ball over. Was it a hundred and twelve uh, times? I think it's a hundred. Yeah, hundred twelve. Yes. And the, I think they just turned it. Did they just let me check again? The they just turned it over again. And the so, misery index was at a nine point five after it, that game. It was high. Yeah, which I remember thinking that that was a skosh high at the time. Of course, we were talking about the John L. Smith misery index by our friend Dougie on Twitter. But you know, there's there's some sarcasm, you know, laced yeah, in there too. Like I think it's so. it's not a a, a pure honest grade it's, it's just like it's sarcastically emotion grading yes, yes. An emotionally overreactive Correct. grade is what and i think is. he's yeah we're all in on the joke together speaking of joke <laughs> it was the hardball the next week 27 to 24 beating michigan i mean the and again go back in time michigan just boat raced bj in his own boat at yes. the bank the week before and, and the, Michigan had their quarterback. They were they figured stuff out. Like, dude, people forget this stuff. I know. Michigan was Roll. high. They were Roll. riding high. Like that was going to be holy cow. What is going to become of this Michigan team? And then the misery index dropped down to like a two 1. or something. One point five, two point five, somewhere around there. Yeah. I mean, it was just the misery index was up and down all year. Rocky pretty much. Lombardi, three hundred and twenty three yards passing in that game. He was dropping dimes to Jalen Naylor. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, maybe I was wrong about this guy. We were, we were, if I can remember correctly, we were actually apologizing. I think to we were the Rocky Lombardi family, the, the entire family, the podcast. extended family too. <laughs> because dude, he looked that good. Uh oh, oops. Next game, forty-nine to seven. The aforementioned big-time win for Iowa. Horrible loss for Michigan State. Maybe that was the first time we looked at Sparty and should have thought this could be what we're trying to, what we're kind of looking at for a football team. Yeah, I mean it was. Yeah. Um, somehow Lombardi had two hundred twenty-seven yards uh, passing in that game. It didn't feel like. He had that many. And I um, think he was, at that point, leading the Big Ten in, in yards. Yeah. Yards passing. Crazy. Um, 
in that game, Simmons is their leading rusher at 34 yards. And this is a telltale sign that maybe things weren't going so good. Leading rusher in the first uh, three games was Simmons, 43-55-34. Mm. We are not running the ball well for Sparty at this point. Yeah, but they were airing it out. They got to give them that that credit. Yep. Um, next game up, we got a shutout here, uh, twenty-four to nothing. We knew Indiana was good at this time, so Indiana is a good football team. Anytime you get shut out, though, and and here's what happens if you don't have a running game and you're relying on a passing game, and then you go up against that defensive backfield for Indiana. Yeah. That's a great note. I need I need to make a note of that. I mean, they probably for gambling purposes next year. They probably had the best defensive backfield, don't you think? When they Indiana team that Carthaginian, relies, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And just like that, Michigan State is sitting at uh one and three. And then as it turns out, there is a bye week next week versus Maryland. Okay. So New coach, new staff. Maybe that gives them a chance to kind of retool things. And it did. One of, I mean, you can make an argument that two of the top, I'm just going to roughly say five most surprising wins of the year involved these Michigan State Spartans, right? That's a good point. Beating beating Northwestern at that time, 29 to 20. And they pretty much controlled that whole game. So think about this. They were down, up, down, down. Now they're back up. Yeah. They're like even Steven. Well, kind of. Almost. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And we had predicted at the beginning of the year that Michigan State was going to be an up and down team. We got that, right? We kind of nailed Michigan State, I guess, didn't we? A little bit. Have you looked at the head coaching uh, record, the record of their head coach? (laughs) It's been up and down as well. Mel has been up and down. Take it out. Check it out at, at uh, Colorado. Colorado, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same kind of deal. We not consistent. That. Yeah, not consistent. But you know, good stuff. So how do they follow that back up? Well, unfortunately, they got to play Ohio State next. So no fault, no foul. And shame on me because I really went in on Michigan State against Ohio State. Yeah, I put a lot of money down on them. Oh, oh, you did. Oh yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I know that's not smart. Don't do that in the future. They could be. But look they what get, they had just done. Yeah, I mean, they beat Northwestern, right? But yeah, yep. down up. Carthaginian is doing the roller coaster down and up. So they lose 52 to 12. Essentially the season is over at that point as they lose to Penn State 39 to 24. Now that was a little bit of a surprising score. We didn't think they would give up 39 points to a Penn State team that was starting to figure themselves out but wasn't that good offensively. Uh then they were supposed to play Maryland again in the quote-unquote Champions Week and Maryland canceled you know, when I was single, whenever a girl canceled on me twice, that was it. <laughs> that was, that it. was it for single. So Jeopardy next year, we're not playing Maryland. That's it. We're not showing up. Jerks. So uh, Michigan State ends up the season two and six, right? Is that two and five? Excuse I've me. I've got two and five. Two yep. and five. So um, biggest moment of the year. I mean, we can pretty much say it in unison, right? Yeah, but I'm going to go because that that's so easy. I knew you were going to go with okay. it. I just want to go with a little deeper cut. Right. I'm going to go with the Peyton Thorne performance against Penn State. Okay. Well, because okay. he was um, starting to yeah. – is this guy okay. a quarterback? And then he goes up, up against right. a really good defense. Stop talking. You're taking my, you're taking my juice away. And he me. goes 22-39 for 325 yeah. on the day. 
and three touchdowns, throws throws a pick. But now you're thinking, you know what? That's our quarterback. He's only a freshman. And and actually, he comes back again next year as a freshman. We could have this guy for four more years. God. Sometimes I hate how prepared my podcast partners. All right. I am. I, I will explain that in a bit. I went ahead and went with the biggest moment, Michigan. Come on, dude. It's, it's a rival. You lost the week before versus Rutgers. No, I mean, I remember Michigan State fans. I, I feel like Michigan State fans are savvy enough for the most part where they, they, they know what they're looking at. They did not expect to wind up in Indianapolis or even really make a bowl sure, game. No. I think they felt once they beat Michigan, they're like, hey, man, we're playing with house money Absolutely. the rest of the year. And I think it kind of – it 100% – Took the sting out of the rest of the year, the losses that were inevitably coming. They beat the they beat the Wolverines, man. I mean, this was a double house money year because it's the first year of a new coach. Yes, and the Rona. Good point. You, you you've got so much, you got a pile of house money yeah, sitting in front of you. I agree. And I don't think they spent it all, but they spent a good chunk. They all had right. fun. That's all that matters. They had some fun. Yeah. Offensive MVP. This was tough. It is tough. Not an offensive team, but I went with Jalen Naylor. So did I. Yeah, wide yeah. receiver. I mean, definitely the most exciting player on offense. Absolutely, and, and I'm I'm just gonna say the wide receiver group as a whole loved good. loved watching way them better this year. than what you thought. Yep, but Deep. he he basically had one down game, the Indiana game, and again you're going against a great pass defense that Indiana had. He only had one reception for nine yards. Every other game he came out and performed big time. Defensive MVP. Defensive MVP was a little tough too. Be- yeah, I know who you're going to go with. Yeah. You're going to go with Antoine Simmons. Yeah, I'm going to go with Antoine Simmons. I'm going with Shakur Brown, man. <gasps> he had- Dougie. Dougie. Okay, so I, I, I conferred with Dougie okay. a little bit, and I said, listen, I'm going with Antoine. You know, what are your thoughts? He goes, I, I get Antoine, but he said, I, you know, he wanted a special shout-out to safety Shakur Brown. Dougie, he did that all on his own. Good job, Kurt, man. You're, okay. you're killing yep. Michigan State here. Yep, five INTs on the year, and he had two games in a row with two each. Now, one was the Indiana loss, but the other one was the Northwestern win. So yeah. you got to figure that played big time into that win. Shakur Brown, you're my defensive MVP for the Michigan State Spartans for 2020. See, I, I kind of feel like he should be maybe more the special MVP because – oh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So now we will get into the special MVP. I'm going to go first because you totally stole my thunder. Okay. Like I'm, I'm going to typically err towards special lists, but I'm not going to go specialist across the board. So I do want to give a special shout out to kicker Matt Coughlin. I mean, not only was he good this year, he had good stats. He's just, he's been a great kicker for For 17 years. It's been a long career for, for Matt Coughlin. But I'm going to go with quarterback Peyton Thorne. Okay. Because the only problem is I can't espouse any of the good stuff because you already did it. You did a good job doing it. But he is the special MVP to me because of all the things you just said. Like, there would be not a lot of things to look forward to going into next year if you're a Sparty fan. No. If Peyton Thorne did not finish the kick that he did. So – I think he was bigger to the psyche of Sparty fans than maybe even Sparty fans realize. You've kind of already pointed that out. That's 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 a that was a big time you know last third of the year performance. And don't you think also he just looks like a Michigan State quarterback? Yes, he does. Yeah, he'll I mean, be he'll be a thorn in the side of if they can if they can. I like that a yeah. thorn in the side. Huh? Um, he's not gonna... even trying. You did that. <laughs> no, I tried. <laughs> that was intentional. That was deliberate. Okay, so special. So special player. I'm going with Antoine Simmons because I just can't keep him off here. I got to give him something. Okay. So, Antoine, you're getting some love here from me. Leading tackler on the team. 
you know, again, probably a lifetime achievement award to some degree yeah, too. Yeah. But you you get some love, Antoine Simmons. Okay, I think you I think you sh- you kind of transpose those two, but that's okay. You know, you're you're your own guy. Shakur Brown, you are my defensive MVP. <laughs> All right, who do you got, or what do you got for team grade? Okay. This is really hard because it is, it is a hard. So they only win two because, like games. you said, I mean, this is this is like you said, double house money. This is like double grading on the curve to a certain right. Degree. So like, okay, if you're not only is it a new staff, it's a new staff during a Rona pandemic. Like, right. Dude, so you had no tough. you had yeah. no time to prepare. Yeah. But it's hard to give a good grade if you win two games. <sighs> same way. I feel the same so way. So it's like, okay, if you're a high jumper. And your first attempt is four feet, and you just roll over the bar. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to give you an A. I'm sorry. Right. No. So I went with a C plus. Okay. Yeah. Because I can't give him a B for two wins. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't. Yeah. But I don't want to give him a bad grade either. C's get degrees. You passed. Yep. Oh, D's get degrees. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That seems a little low. <laughs> it does, but he's still passing. <laughs> you have to stay eligible. <laughs> um. I did go C plus as well. Oh, okay. And, and all, all the reasons you pretty much just laid out. Um, I did flirt with a B minus. I did like, too. Really hard because the win versus Michigan, you get two wins. And beating Northwestern. I mean, yeah, come on. Because that was my thought process was, and in the I mean, like you said, you, you only got two wins. Like you just cannot get a B minus grade with two wins. But then I thought to myself, could I make the argument though that their two wins were versus ranked teams? I mean, yeah. one at the time. But again, it, it, if you have two wins, a couple losses that were pretty ugly and bad, I think you should be happy though with a C plus. Oh, I if think you it, are a Michigan yeah, State fan. I think it's actually kind of an encouraging year for them. Absolutely, was encouraging. I, yeah. I don't think there's anything. I mean, obviously, any fan base wants it to look better than what it winds up, unless you, you know, won the national championship. But in the end, I think Ohio or uh, Michigan State fans should be very excited how, how things went. I think so. And yeah. a little bit towards the future. So, all right, that wraps up the Illinois Fighting Illini, the Iowa Hawkeyes, and the Michigan State Spartans. Doug the Carthaginian, anything to add? Great podcast as always. Love being a part of these things. They're so much fun, and uh, you guys do such a great job. Gosh, you guys should have an audience more often, man. I know. Yeah, you got anything to add? We should start charging though. Yeah, or at least more. Well, I don't know what I don't know what he paid. Well, but. we got things, some things in there. Okay. And, uh, you know, well, that's something uh, to think about. Like a is. guest, you know, because Howard Stern, he does that. Like, yeah. it, you can donate to, like, he has a couple charities. And if you donate enough money to his charity, you get, on, you get, on the you get to, well, you get to sit in, in the studio and then he'll, he'll like interview him a little bit. He won't spend a lot of time, but you get to sit there during the show. We basically have just figured out a way to get some free bourbon, I think would be the best. Yeah. And I also think I just indirectly compared us to Howard Stern. I mean, the greatest broadcaster who, in history. Who, who has more reach than us? Maybe Howard Stern, but I don't know. I haven't really looked at the numbers. All right, you got anything else? No, sir. I am Jeffrey DeGree. I'm Big Kurt. Thanks for listening to the Eyes on Big podcast. We'll talk to you soon.